0: Digital natives, how do you activate and motivate Gen Z and millennial audiences? We get the answers from Kumu, a fast-growing and extremely lively social network and super app with an audience base of close to 5 million Gen Z and millennials spread across 50 countries. So stay tuned for more in episode number 399.
1: Cracking the code on how you can drive business results and customer connection, equipping you to acquire, engage, and retain customers, inspiring lasting loyalty across mobile, web, apps, and more. Welcome to Mobile Presence, hosted by analyst, author, and top 30 mobile marketing influencer, Peggy Ann Sauls.
0: Thank you, Ricky, and thank you for joining Mobile Presence. I'm your host, as always, Peggy Ann Saltz, mobile analyst, tech consultant, and founder of Mobile Groove. And last time in our series, we took a look at live streaming, how it's transforming commerce. And we continue looking at how live streaming is building community commerce, generating loads of cool content. We're going to look at Kumu, a live streaming app turned lively social network. It has an audience base of Gen Z and millennial Filipinos spread across Fifty countries, and my guest is founder Roland Ross. Impressive record in digital, generating millions of customers for high-growth companies before finding Kumu, and also building this amazing, impressive community. Roland, great to have you here today on Mobile Press. Hi,
2: thank you so much. Glad to be here. Awesome. So,
0: so. Um, full disclosure i've been talking with you and and working with you because you know it's just such a great story i did a video about it here you are in a podcast with us today reimagine growth mobile presence and it is about the community, but tell me a little bit more about that. That's more than just your average community on your average app.
2: Yeah, you know, the, the most important thing for us is this whole concept of authentic connection. And, uh, you know, we really took a page from this whole concept of really participatory social. And, you know, older social networks that were built uh, during the web age, uh, you know, it's like 99% read. 99% reading the content, and you know, one to two percent reacting, and you know, in this new mobile age, especially with you know high-speed internet and you know with uh, live video, you actually have an opportunity to really make these deep, authentic connections, and we just drive people uh, into these community-building behaviors that really create um, these kind of authentic experiences that really drive uh the aha moment uh, of our app and we're just really about scaling those authentic connections through a combination of content uh community and through commerce and and it's been a really amazing uh experience because you know building a social app in the social media capital of the world where you know filipinos spend hours and hours per day um, on social media platforms it's 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 been a great uh, experience really building a product, uh, prioritizing those voices.
0: And I want to get into that for a moment because you know that's what's really cool about this. It's transnational; it transcends all barriers because Filipinos are living, as you said, fifty countries. I mean, I'm from the states originally, living in Europe, but you know, Filipino friends, friends of family, a couple of my relatives, married Filipinos. You know, they're they 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 are the world travelers. I mean, they are everywhere. So to Bring them all together is really, you know, a different approach entirely.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's um, it, it's been really interesting. You know, historically, because you know um, we're we're Southeast Asia in Southeast Asia, so you have kind of that Malay uh, type of experience. But you know, being a colony of Spain and having that European influence for several hundred years, and then um, um, the Americans coming in and really uh, providing us, uh, you know. English is actually uh, one of our national languages and then you add uh, the Chinese influence and things like that so it's a really crazy and interesting melting pot of of different cultures and because of the global economy and because of the fact that we are English speaking you could find Filipinos uh, in in cruise lines and ships all around the world to uh, healthcare uh, systems in English speaking countries uh, around the world to the fact that Uh, many of us do act as customer service representatives for uh, many of the major global corporations in this new economy. So Mm -hmm. it's definitely been an interesting uh, use case of, you know, the 110, 115 million Filipinos uh, spread out all over the world.
0: And, of course, that's an audience that companies want to address. It's an engaged audience. I'm reading in reports like We Are Social saying that, you know, Philippines – tops the world internet usage index with an average of 10 hours a day. That's just internet that's, you know, mostly mobile. Um, Before we talk about how brands, how media companies are engaging your audience, why don't we tell me about a little bit more about how your audience is actually engaging with Kumu, maybe, you know, streams, sessions, time, because it is very highly engaged audience indeed.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So one of the key things too is that, um, the Philippines, if you look at it uh, from an emerging market perspective, it's actually majority millennial and Gen Z, and so now you have not just the fact that it's a it's a target market of 100 million people, but a majority of those 100 million people are millennial and Gen Z, and so because of this, we're dealing with a mobile first generation. We're talking an entire country that is going mobile first. Um, so basically, they're skipping the laptop altogether and going straight into the mobile phone, and so when you when you have that. Uh, when we look at our particular funnel, especially for first-time user experience, when somebody downloads Kumu, uh, we, get, we, we basically create a first-time user experience, and we're still in the middle of fine-tuning this, is getting into that aha moment of what we call the authentic connection. And so as a live streaming app, um, the authentic connection happens when... So it's very similar to busking, right? If, if you're familiar with a, a street performer who plays the guitar... Uh, mm-hmm. in a subway or street, you, uh, you, if you like it, you put a, a $1 bill in their guitar case on their cup. So what we do is we do that digitally and we get you into these uh, type of experiences, whether it's a singer, whether it's somebody who is talking about wellness or yoga or talking about something that they're very passionate about. Um, we, we, we try to get you into an experience where you see content that's relevant and worthy enough of giving that virtual gift. And so when you give that virtual gift to a creator and that creator says, thank you for the gift, that act of gratitude, that is our definition of what we call an authentic connection. Mm -hmm. And so when the person says, thank you for that virtual gift, and you actually have given a a real financial transaction, there's something so much more authentic about that. You know, Gen Z's and millennials, what they tell us is, look, they're tired of the social anxiety. Uh, that comes from pretending your life is perfect on Instagram, or they're tired of hiding behind a a keyboard and engaging in the types of toxic behaviors that you see in in Twitter and Facebook and a live platform. You can't do that because it's just live and you just have to be yourself. So that's one side of that cross-eyed growth look that we did. But Mm -hmm. the other side of what makes that connection authentic is the fact that you're not recognizing that content with a like, You're not recognizing that content with a view, you're recognizing that content with a virtual gift that's backed by financial uh, currency. And so that, that experience between viewer and creator is so authentic because on the, on the creator side, it's live, but on the viewer side, it's backed by money. And so there's something interesting that when we put those two people together, and they experience that, that is the aha moment that we continue to drive people towards. And so the main behaviors are, okay, this person is a viewer, but if the content is good enough, that person will not just view, they will uh, give a virtual gift. And on the other side, uh, we do recognize particular behaviors that lead you into becoming a creator. So that's Mm -hmm. basically um, the cross-eyed growth loop where we um, get people into those behaviors.
0: And it's also you know, a solid growth loop because it's based on authenticity. And you're telling me that, you know, Gen Z millennial, that is what they crave. That's what they want. Um, That's what's going to help you stand out. And maybe, you know, other companies who want to get involved and address your audience have to speak to them this way as well. I'm just curious because you have all these great creators. They do this because they love it. Um, I've been watching a little bit of this. It's pretty cool. You know, you've got people who just like, paint Game of Thrones figures. I mean, what what is some of the content going on in there? And, and it's all for them. I mean, they thought of it. You didn't tell them.
2: <laughs> no, and, and that's one of the really interesting things about a user-generated content type platform is, yes, uh, we, we do guide uh, people where, yes, someone who's painting a Game of Thrones miniature to uh, someone uh, singing, uh, it's a cooking show with karaoke. So the person is actually (laughs) doing uh, cooking, but then they're singing at the same time. Uh, We have uh, what we call live teleseria. So teleseria basically means soap opera. And so basically uh, the viewers are not just watching TV, they're actually participating in the television show and utilizing virtual gifts to guide the, the narration of the plot and story. So, um, you know, it, it's really interesting to see uh, a lot of ways that people are using it, um, especially um, in the audio stream and in the, the group um, activities. We do see a lot of people just spending time with each other or quality time with each other where, um, you know, they're, they're turning it on. They're turning Kumu on like, like a radio. But in this case, the radio is actually talking back to you. And mm-hmm. so uh, that's definitely uh, one of the most interesting pieces of, of, uh, of content that we've seen is just literally turning Kumu on in the background like a radio, but then the radio talks back.
0: That is so cool. And of course you have a lot more going on in there. You have your commerce, you have payment, you even have a wallet linked to PayPal, partnerships with companies, online groceries, um, media companies, NGOs. All sorts of things going on in there to build that community. We're going to talk more about how you're building that community, how you're engaging your audience. But we do have to get a break right now, Roland. So listeners, don't go away. We'll be right back.
1: Mobile Presence, sponsored by CleverTap, a leading engagement and retention platform, will be back after this message.
3: Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing,
1: Welcome back to Mobile Presence on WMR.FM. Here's your host, Peggy Ann Sauls.
0: Hello and welcome back to Reimagine Growth, a special mini-series on retention marketing brought to you by CleverTap. And right before the break, Roland, we were talking about Kumu and the community, which is amazing. But of course, every community starts with a member some people um and then moves on from there to evolve and that's through engagement that's also through vision and part of your vision i'd love to hear about because you have just recently received funding so why don't you tell us about that
2: yeah absolutely you know uh we just uh, finalized our series a uh it was a five million dollar round led by open space ventures uh, and what's really interesting is OpenSpace actually led the Series A for Gojek, which actually became the consumer tech champion of Indonesia and in a, in a Decacorner or $10 billion app there. And one of the reasons why they're interested in us is in the hopes of us being a consumer tech champion of the Philippines. And joining them uh, was, you know, we, we like to call the Kumu team like the Avengers. And uh, these three particular business families are, are very influential in the Philippines. So the first is uh, Liza Gokongwe. Uh, Summit Media, they are the one of the largest digital lifestyle networks uh, in the country. So for example, they own um, Esquire magazine, they own Cosmopolitan, Mm -hmm. uh, Entrepreneur, Top Gear uh, here in the Philippines, Uh, and then ABS-CBN Corporation, which is the largest media conglomerate in the country. And then third is the Ayala family through Globe Telecom, uh, which is the most popular uh, telco uh, in the country when it comes to millennials and Gen Zs. And so, yeah, it, it's been great. And because of the traction and all the growth that's been happening since COVID, uh, we're, we have a lot of interest in our Series B. Uh, we have about 39 uh, venture capitalists that have expressed interest uh, in investing in our Series B. And we're trying to get it down to 10 finalists um, in December. And so we're cool. super excited. And um, for many of them, this is the first time they're actually speaking to uh, a startup in the Philippines. So, that yes. is
0: amazing. I mean, you have to like line up for Series B. That I have to congratulate you on that one, Roland. I have not heard of that, but part of it is also, in addition to your passion, which is absolutely contagious. I love it. Love awesome. having you on the show. You, it, it's inspiring. But you also inspire partners. I mean, you get people on board to do different things. As I said at the top of the show, you know,
2: yeah, online you grocers,
0: know. Uh, NGOs. I think you even. I read somewhere you even uh, sort of let a, a church or, or a group use your platform to sort of do virtual things because that's all we can do right now. Why don't you tell me a little bit about those partnerships, how that's working out and what you're building? Oh.
2: Yeah, it's amazing. you know the, the largest food delivery app, uh, food panda, uh, you know, they had a. They wanted to give out 100,000 vouchers, but they couldn't because of COVID, right? Uh, because mm-hmm. of the quarantine. And so we gave. Uh, we used Kumo as a way to give them out digitally, and for them to give out these 100,000 uh, vouchers, you actually had to download uh, Food Panda and actually make a delivery. And we were able to distribute all 100,000 uh, vouchers in less than three weeks. And one of the ways we were able to do that is we utilized our e-commerce platform. Uh, to give our users an opportunity to actually donate and feed frontliners and, uh, you know, medical workers who, um, you know, are just out there in the front lines. And we're actually able to distribute, I think, over 3,500 frontliner meals uh, during that particular activation. Um, You know, actually, since the last time we spoke, um, Cinemalaya, which is the largest um, independent film festival in the Philippines, actually uh, brought... Uh, their activations onto Kumu and they were able to utilize our our platform as a way for, um, you know, Gen Zs and Millennials to meet their favorite directors, their favorite actors and actresses that starred in those films so that although they were watching uh, the main films on, you know, platforms like Vimeo or YouTube, a lot of the activations, the meet and greets, the interviews, anything that's high engagement, you know, uh, they were able to use Kumu. The entire awards ceremony was actually done um, on the app and right now we're actually uh speaking uh with the government with regards to bringing an entire uh creative fair so basically local goods from furniture to um, handcrafts and goods um, that are locally made in the philippines they have a huge fair done at the world trade center here in the philippines and they're thinking about bringing um everything into the uh into kumu uh, so yeah so it, it's been really oh, wow. exciting. I think. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's been an amazing time. um, And, you know, we're just super grateful uh, for the opportunity.
0: I mean, that is really amazing, because it's a relatively short period. I mean, you just celebrated an anniversary, didn't you?
2: Yes, uh, we pivoted into becoming a live streaming platform in August 2018. So we just celebrated our second year. Wow. uh, Yeah, last week.
0: So I hinted that And congratulations on that as well. No wonder you're in such a good mood, Roland. I hinted though. uh, Huh? I
2: was like, we survived.
0: Absolutely. And, um, you know, I hinted at the top of the show that it all starts with one member and then it grows. Then you get your community. And Mm. that's about engagement. And you also have an interesting approach to that because you have to be so focused on really speaking authentically and therefore, you know, appropriately. To Gen Z and Millennial, you can't like sort of segment them in the wrong way, make them feel as if you don't understand them, because that is not going to work. That is just going to be the opposite effect. So how do you approach this? How do you make certain that when you're talking to your audience, you're talking to them the way they want to be spoken to and spoken with rather, because you don't talk to them. You have to, you have to connect.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, from a content moderation platform. So everyone always asks that question. It's one of the reasons why, you know, we're talking to ByteDance and a lot of other companies is um, our content moderation actually comes from our community. And, um, you know, it's very similar to more, say, like how Wikipedia moderates their content or say Redditors um, uh, moderate Reddit is that our core user base, which is entirely made up of millennials and Gen Zs, make up thousands and thousands of users who are our moderators who, Utilize and actually were able to mobilize uh, into the community and actually uh, Something that we took a page from Ben and Jerry's is we noticed that the best employees are also the best customers So Mm -hmm. we've actually been hiring a lot from our user base Most of Kumu's employees were actually users of Kumu Actually and and so there's something about that and so when when looking at our activation uh, funnel and you know whether it's through push notifications whether it's through our onboarding journey, uh, we have to really make sure that a lot of our messaging is in line uh, with the heart and soul uh, of our business. And so I think I remember when I spoke to you, we actually were originally a messenger app that no one really cared about. So that's what Kumu actually started out, is February, 2018, we were a messenger app, and we assumed the app would actually explode. But what we did is we left enough room for the community to define the product. And this little known feature known as live streaming was such a high retention cohort that when looking at the data, we recognized, oh, wow, we aren't a messenger app. We're actually a live streaming app. And when we pivoted to becoming a live streaming app, that's when um, the app grew. And it was actually an intern, a college student intern, or actually recent college grad intern who made that insight. And it was her Gen Z voice that made us realize that we needed to pivot into becoming a live streaming app. And I think it's those types of things in our story um, that we just have to listen to our community. We just have to listen um, to our younger voices and just have that humility to kind of let go and just uh, let, you know, user feedback really Mm -hmm. uh, form the product.
0: So very, very people powered, but also, you know, a tech stack, a growth stack, powering that in there as well. What can you tell me about some of the tools, technologies you're using to engage?
2: Well, so the number one thing is so from uh, so like have been really critical to our growth. And so when when looking at the the journeys, right, so there's a user journey perspective. And so we get them into the high retention uh, behaviors or actually number one is we track every single behavior on the app. Right, so we track every single behavior in the app, and then things start to kind of uh, come out. Oh, people who viewed a live stream x amount of days over, you know, x amount of times over x amount of days, and then you start putting them into cohorts, and then you start realizing it's not just viewing a live stream; it's giving a virtual gift. And then for us to actually get people to pay for the virtual gift, you know, part of that gamification, similar to say like going to Mrs. Fields Cookies, you have a free sample. So there's actually a big cohort of people who you give a free sample uh, to give a virtual gift to experience that aha moment so that they're incentivized to actually make a purchase. And then um, another cohort that we utilize uh, through through Clevertap is recognizing particular behaviors that lead to actually being a content creator or to become a live streamer. And so when you kind of get um, an understanding of that, you really have to track everything uh, from that perspective. And so uh, Clevertap has been super critical in terms of really segmenting our users into, say, people who view live streams, people Mm -hmm. who give a virtual gift, people who make a purchase and people who actually live stream. And then from there, you know, whether it's through through Amazon or through our Google Cloud, uh, we're able to utilize data to start recognizing specific patterns so that uh, we could fine tune our user journey so that, you know, we could uh, remind them at day one, day three. And for us, it's basically how many content creators are worth giving a virtual gift in the first seven days. And that's what's so key about um, you know, platforms like Clevertap is because we're able to get those insights and have an understanding that, okay, every new user, if we capture them, have to do these particular things within the first seven days. And if they don't, we know that they're gonna uninstall the app. Mm-hmm. You know?
0: Yeah, because it's it's mapping out a journey. That's saying, okay, we know from data, and we know from experience, and we know also because of the the tracking and the input that you're getting, uh, you know, insights rather from CleverTap. You're saying this is what the journey looks like, and yep. if users aren't going on this journey, then they're not going to be our most valuable engaged users, and we don't need to focus all our effort on them because they're not going. They're going to be the lurkers in the social community, right? They're not going to be the contributors.
2: Absolutely. Like, for example, the difference between following two live streamers to following three live streamers is a 20% spike in month three retention. And you're just like, what the hell? Are you kidding me? And so the thing is, from a user journey perspective, is talking to the content team and talking to the live stream management team and looking at data and saying, guys, this is the type of content that people follow. How do we get this type of content in front of our new users so that they follow x amount of people within the first seven days to get those uh, retention spikes up? Because without retention, the app's dead. You know.
0: So. That is that is is really so straightforward. I'm glad you're sharing it in this way and giving us an insight into the strategy behind this. Because it's it's great to say, oh, you have a community, you connect, you you sort of hang out. But no, there there is a vision, a strategy, a science behind it. We did talk a little bit about that, but when we come back, Roland, I'd like to deep dive just a little bit more into how, you know, do you communicate properly with Gen Z Millennial? You have so much experience and you're obviously, you know, the kind of guy who's gonna share it. So I'm excited to hear that from you, but right now we do have to go to break. So listeners, you know what's coming. So come back and listen in. We'll be here
1: mobile presence sponsored by clever tap a leading engagement and retention platform will be back after this message here's the truth you need to know about podcasting the biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high quality professional podcast luckily for you there's a solution to your problem
3: topseos.com the independent authority on search vendors
1: Welcome back to Mobile Presence on WMR.fm Here is your host Peggy Ann sauls
0: And we're back to Reimagine Growth Mobile Presence our mini series brought to you by CleverTout We have Roland Ross the founder the 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 visionary behind Kumu and the community And Roland it's just been a delight talking with you 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 say things you you just sharing exactly your experiences. And I think that's really valuable for our audience. So I want to, you know, that I appreciate that.
2: Awesome. No, thank you so much for the opportunity.
0: And with that in mind, I'd like you to share some of your experience around the what. We've talked about how you engage, we right. talked about the journey, we've talked about the tools, we've talked about the way you even make certain that the community is, you know, on board, you know, you hire people from the community. It's all about a lot of how. And now let's talk about a what, because you have to engage with Gen Z and millennial in a certain way. There is an etiquette to this. And you yes. know this firsthand. So share some of your experiences, maybe even some of the things you found just didn't work at all. You know, the, the, what flies, what fails.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things that we're actually unapologetic about are the core values uh, of our community and what really drives our content moderation. You know, um, the, the core values are safety, positivity and acceptance. It's something that is unwavering. So actually, it wasn't a technical thing. It was more of a cultural thing because of the fact that when taking these qualitative, so beyond the quantitative stuff, which we were talking about before, but from a qualitative perspective and talking to Gen Z's millennials, there's a huge, huge mental health, social anxiety type of uh, uh, concern that's really not being addressed in social media. It's actually increasing the amount of that social anxiety. And it's one of the reasons why we're super proud of the fact that we look at places like Disneyland and we believe that Walt Disney was, probably the greatest user experience person of all time as opposed to looking at Facebook or Instagram as an inspiration. You know, Something that a lot of people don't realize is that Disneyland has one of the strictest security forces on earth and if you, you act a certain way or you, you, you have some sort of negativity, you're actually kindly asked to leave the park and they're, they're very strict about those types of things. And those types of core values actually resonate very well with Gen Z's and Millennials. And it's Mm -hmm. one of the reasons why, for example, the LGBTQ plus community has found a safe space, cosplayers, um, you know, hip hop break dancers to all sorts of different types of folks who are into their, um, you know, Korean pop stars and things like that. There's something really beautiful about focusing on safety, positivity and acceptance because uh, Gen Z's and millennials basically demand uh, this type of authenticity that you just can't get. In other places
0: and that sounds amazing i almost wish i was gen z millennial because it's less predatory you know it's less less it it's it's a strange feeling in the other platforms because you know there are it's let's put this way maybe between the politics and and the hate and what have you you do have a feeling that wouldn't it be great if we just sort of stayed on the topic of what communities are about, which is connection, so so how how are you doing this? Are you also using the community to sort of self-monitor?
2: Absolutely. So one of the things that we actually took a hard stance is is we actually don't allow politics uh, in the mm-hmm. app. You know, once it's we actually have had uh, very popular senators. Uh, actually, one of the, uh, one of the, the most influential senators on, in the country, everyone was scared because he's in opposition to the president. And I don't know if you guys know about what's going on in the Philippines, but no one wants to be against the president right now. And when he went live, it, everyone breathed a sigh of relief because all he talked about was his passion for professional wrestling, professional wrestling and, and eSports. And to see him geek out about that type of content, really differentiated Kumu because we know dang well that when this same senator goes on television or on Facebook, he's saying very political things. Or for example, uh, one of the most popular mayors uh, in the country, his his name is Isco Moreno. He's the mayor of Manila. Uh, Again, he recognizes that Kumu is a place of positivity and they only talk about uh, positive things because the moment you start going in that kind of different direction, it, it just doesn't uh receive well like there's people like a lot of people who are popular on instagram uh, if they do that stuff where they're showing off too much or they're trying too hard Mm -hmm. they'll they'll get it in the comments the users will tell them hey you know you should probably go on instagram for that type of stuff (laughs) we can already tell that you're being a little bit too fake and I, i think there's something cool about that because kumu is not a play like we we do understand that kumu we we look at disneyland Because we know that you don't go to Disneyland to rally against people. You don't go to Disneyland to complain about the government. You actually go to Disneyland as almost like a stress relief or, you know, they call it the happiest place on earth. And so for us to create a digital playground for people to just kind of be themselves and feel safe about it, ironically, we accidentally create a product um, that resonates very well with Gen Z's millennials.
0: And you also said, I mean, there's other groups there, there's LGBTQ. Q plus, I got it, and, yeah, and uh, favorite church, and, you know, and your crazy. churches, yeah,
2: yeah. So favorite church, same thing. They're uh, the fastest growing, um, you know, Christian church uh, in, in, here in Metro Manila. And what's so beautiful about uh, favorite church is you're able to, um, you know, they're some of their most popular live streams is just praying over people. You know, they they do recognize that there's a lot of um, you know, stress and anxiety happening because of COVID and those types of things. And, and because of them, um, there's been priests who've reached out, other churches that have reached out. And again, we just tell people, as long as it's a positive place, um, it's safe, and we're accepting, uh, we're able to create all sorts of different uh, types of content that resonate very well with Gen Z and Millennials.
0: Absolutely. And, and that's, you know, a positive community, a positive message. Positively great having you here, Roland. I have to say, you know, people are going to want to catch up with you, maybe even potentially, you know, join in um, if they're brands, marketers, maybe even partner, who knows? Loads of reasons to stay in touch with you. What's the best way?
2: Yeah, they can email me at roland at kumu.ph. And then um, I guess, uh, yeah, you, you can just roland at kumu.ph, or, you know, if you want to reach out to me on uh, kumu, I'm just at Roland. <laughs> mm hmm. This at Roland.
0: Got it. Well, we'll have those in the show notes. And uh, thanks so much for sharing, Roland.
2: Yeah, no problem. Thank you so much again for having me.
0: And of course, Roland has shared his journey, even talking about journeys for that matter, with how he engages with his audience and to help marketers and organizations as they re-enter the market post-COVID-19. CleverTap also spotlights the stories and strategies of experts at leading brands such as Disney Plus Hotstar, AppsFlyer, Vonage, Dine Out, and others. You can register and watch this amazing webinar series on demand by going to clevertap.com Forward slash reimagine growth and look for another one coming soon in September. We'll have details about that. As well, and if you want to keep up with me throughout the week, find out more about how you can be a guest or sponsor on Mobile Presence. You can email me, Peggy at mobilegroove. mobilegroove.com is where you can find my portfolio of content marketing and app marketing services. You can check out this and all early episodes of our show by going to wmr.fm. You can also find our shows on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadio simply by searching Mobile Presence. So until next time, remember. Every minute is mobile, so make every minute count. Keep well, stay safe, and we'll see you soon.
3: The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors.